Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. So we're going through the daily assortment of various websites, and I I fell for a video of a guy named Dylan Saliba. He's 22, from Sydney, Australia, and he's a plumber, and he was installing a shower head in uh, somewhere in Sydney, I suppose, mm-hmm. and his co-workers, who note in the story that he's constantly singing on the job. They surreptitiously uh, filmed him on this occasion singing Nessum Dorma. And then at the end, he didn't know he was being filmed, and he right. smiles sheepishly at the camera. And it, it put me in mind of uh, when we played Susan Boyle for the first time, yeah. when we played Paul Potts for the first yeah. time. Uh, and he's just on the job. He's, in he's, a, just, he's, he's in installing what a, an, uh, oh. an, Apparently bathrooms have great acoustics. Because everybody thinks they can sing in the shower. Right. And he's installing a new shower head somewhere. But he's singing his heart out. So listen to this. Stop. The whole time he's singing, by the way, he's he's literally installing the shower head quite he's, conscientiously. He's yeah. He's then he gets another tool. And if there's pauses, it's because he's got to answer his buddy, they're doing plumbing. They talk. need some threading compound yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. Got your mate. Got your mate. <laughs>
<laughs> That's him saying that in that funny voice yeah. then. I thought it was fantastic. Man, I wish I could sing like that. Why is he uh, plumbing? Why is he a plumber? You should go sing. So you have a completely different take on it. What? Possibly? No. I have a completely different take on it. That he, that he shouldn't quit the plumbing business? He's and- a master of his circumstances. There's an old saying. You have to master your circumstances or be mastered by them. And he's a plumber. What's wrong with being a happy plumber? He struck me. He's very good looking. His work ex- looked ex- terribly he's, conscientious. He's, in shape. Uh, he's very, uh, very <laughs> conscientious. Uh, and what struck me is what a happy what a happy plumber and yeah. and, and and he might be terribly comfortable with the idea of not being a famous singer well, well, yeah but what i'm saying is he's got all the the mixings the makeup to be a but he wants to be a plumber apparently i read the whole story he has no designs on although although if if this continues to get enough, I was just going to say yeah. this video will will make it nearly impossible for Is him to go viral. Well, it already has. Yeah, I mean, it's on yeah. the Daily Mail for God's sake. Yeah, he, he, maybe maybe he'll get an offer that maybe Australia's got a show like Australia's Got Talent, like, the singing plumber. Yeah, I'm here all for your plumbing needs. And it kind of gets old after a while. It does, especially when you do it. Oh yeah, I'm but, not in the shower. But. Uh, he seems to me to be. He he said he's asked to sing at birthdays, and he refuses. He's had two singing lessons in his life, and he said he's learned how to sing by listening to Pavarotti CDs. <laughs> and he's just he just strikes me as as happy that uh, happy as a lark to be a good showerhead installer, at singing his heart out while he's conscientiously working. Uh, I'll give you that. Uh, yes, he's allowed to just be a. He loves his job. It it uh, it's probably soothing for him to. Uh, you can't you can't beat a good plumber. I'm lucky enough to know a few good plumbers, and you can't beat a good plumber. I just infa- installed the faucet. I know, and it took you weeks, and you mm. screwed it up completely, and you would have been much. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you be thrilled to have a plumber conscientiously doing that work in your house? And then hearing him sing like that, wouldn't yes. that be something? Yes, that would be. Uh, the chicks would dig it too, because oh, he's, yeah. you know, yeah. I just thought it was fantastic. And what to me, what's fantastic is, will he hold out? Will he resist the temptation to seek stardom? I would say, bro, you got to strike while the iron's hot, and if you're viral, that's when you cash in. So on you're it. talking about strictly a, a a remuneration. Yeah, you're just talking strictly money. This is reti- this is his condo in Naples for retirement. He already lives in Australia. Oh, this is his condo in Australia when he retires. There's so much money to be made out there. Scott? Hey, Joe. Hi. You're old enough to remember Mario Lanza, aren't you? Oh, sure. Well, do you remember how he got discovered? I don't. He was a milkman delivering milk in the streets in Philadelphia. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And he sang his way through the milk route, huh? <laughs> yes, he did. I'll be damned. Thank Until you. Until the right right person heard him and yeah. said, hey, yeah, you know, guy, I got a gig for you. All right, thank you. Yeah. Don? Hey, gentlemen, great show as per usual. Thank you. But I'm going to guess that collectively, uh, how do you do much opera, Joe? Do you? No, I'm not. Do you frequent, a, no, I'm do you not. Frequent the, yeah. No, I do not. 
When he was in the opera, he was just a member of the company. He was the, carrying the torches and pitchforks. Because here's a take. Um, he has a nice parlor voice as my grandmother, who was a vehement opera aficionado, mm-hmm. would uh, remark. I've attended some opera. I grew up with it. I had a mother as well as a grandmother who were fierce mm-hmm. opera people. He's got a nice voice. That, from what I just heard, that ain't a great world-class or even opera company voice. So, Joe, I love your take. Mm-hmm. He's a good singer. Mm-hmm. He should be singing at birthday parties. He should, you know, join a choir, join a group. But I love the fact that he is a happy plumber because I don't think he's the next Pavarotti. I thank you. You betcha. I, I think what people are anticipating is that, gee, I wonder if he could be the next Pavarotti. Pavarotti. Uh-huh. Or know. at least contestant on, you know, that's I remember Australia. Susan Boyle and Paul Potts both, uh, when serious critics took them on, they could find fault in their in their phrasing and their the way yeah, they sung certain notes and 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 what have you. Uh, uh, but what part of the charm of Susan Boyle and Paul Potts was that they were both they they appeared outwardly to be unlikely candidates to have such voices. Mm-hmm. This guy this guy's as handsome as the day is long, yeah. and and so uh, it it he might not impress uh, juries the way. Susan Boyle did and, and Paul Potts. Right. This guy's got right. good teeth, for example. Right? And again, yeah, it's all it all depends on what he wants to do with his future, but I say you cash in on it and, and go from there. I say You can always a, go back to plumbing. I say he's a master of his circumstances. Fact based. What do we do? According to the John Height newsroom, uh, Mario Lanza was not discovered on a milk route. He was in a movie that involved that, but he was not discovered on the streets of Philadelphia. He was playing one on TV or something in the movies. Like, something like that. I'm in big trouble. Why? I'm in big trouble with the uh, with the Pope. With what? The Pope. Because of Paul Franny? Was the Fiat stock? What do you got? Pope rebukes climate deniers as perverse. Mm. First, Mayor Chris Coleman, mm-hmm. the great denier, and now Pope Francis. Pope Francis today rebuked those who deny the science behind global warming and urged negotiators at climate talks in Germany to avoid falling prey to such perverse attitudes and instead accelerate efforts to curb greenhouse gas emissions. I'm in trouble. This is... Um, he's Fran- not fallible on this, though. He's not... Uh, no, I know. But he's still the guy. I know. He's still my guy, sure. Still the guy. mm -hmm. France issued a message to the bond meeting, which is working to implement the 2015 Paris Accord. In it, Francis called climate change one of the most worrisome phenomena that humanity is facing. I I couldn't disagree with him more. He urged negotiators to take action free of special interests and political or economic pressures and to instead engage in an honest dialogue about the future of the planet. Francis didn't cite any countries by name, but the United States has announced it is withdrawing from the Paris Accord, and President Trump has nominated several people in his administration who question scientists' conclusions that human activity is behind the global rise in temperatures. At the same time, the U.S. administration has promoted the use of fossil fuels like coal 
for U.S. energy needs. So basically the Pope, along with everybody else, when he says this kind of thing, he means basically the people of the United States. Yes. In his landmark 2015 environmental encyclical, Francis said global warming is mainly due to human activity and called for fossil fuels to be progressively phased out without delay. I doubt if he walked to Bonn, Germany. He probably flew there on the papal jet. That's true. In his message, the Argentine Pope denounced that efforts to combat climate change are often frustrated by those who deny the science behind it or are indifferent to it, those who are resigned to it or think it can be solved by technical solutions, which he termed inadequate. We must avoid falling into these four perverse attitudes, which certainly which certainly don't help honest research and sincere productive dialogue, he said, or he might as well have added, or, and bigger governments. Sorry, Pope, we're, we're never going to be on the same page on this one. But as you say, he's not infallible on this. No, you can say uh, I respectfully, uh, Your Holiness, Excellency, I, uh, I disagree with you on this issue. Tom? Hey, Joe. Hi. Yeah, you said he probably means just America, but I think he's like everyone else where he means everybody but him. I guess, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't recall seeing solar panels on the Vatican. I wonder how much fossil fuels they're burning a year. Yeah. And, you know, headlines reveal the Catholic Church has a few more issues than global warming to deal with at present, but maybe that's just on the chip on my shoulder. All so right. good luck, Joe. Yeah, thank you. Well... It, I, I just disagree with the fact that it's the biggest problem facing humanity. Uh, no, a decline of moral and ethical clarity might be. Terrorism might be. Uh, I can come up with a with a lot. The plague. Yeah, there's a lot other things that the Pope should be concerned about. I don't think he should throw himself in the uh, the mix there. One of the Minnesota Vikings owners and an NFL executive were on a panel speaking to the Economic Club of Minnesota yesterday about the economic impact of hosting a Super Bowl. Okay, this this is where we get how this much is, money we're going to yep. make. Yep, what's the check? What's our check? Well, wait till you hear. The speakers didn't give many specifics, but talked about why they think hosting the Super Bowl will benefit Minnesota's economy long term. Todd Lewicki, who spent five years as president of the Wild and is now chief operating officer of the NFL. This is going to be a postcard to the world, Lewicki said. How do you pronounce Todd's name? Lewicki. 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 Fellow panel member Al Alexis Glick, CEO of Jenny O-T-H, I don't know what that means, told the crowd that much of that lasting impact will be felt in communities across the state that benefited from legacy fund grants. These community grants, that's long-term sustainability, that's long-term change, and that's a, and that is what this great bully pulpit is for, Glick said. I don't understand that either, unless she means the Super Bowl is the bully pulpit. So what people in uh, Fergus yeah. Falls are going to better? Well, here we get to the money. The Minnesota Super Bowl host committee released numbers last year from an from an economist predicting a four hundred and seven million dollars in new spending and a three hundred and forty three million dollar economic impact supporting more than five thousand jobs and one hundred and twenty five thousand visitors coming to the metro from out of town i don't buy i don't buy it i just don't buy it right how many people are just going to come here to be in the area i only know one dummy i only know one dummy that went to uh, a super bowl out of state and then watched it from his tv room right and then didn't even basically go to the game 
The speakers claim much of the benefit comes afterwards because of putting Minnesota under the microscope during the big event. It's to expose business leaders, community leaders, not just the fans, to what Minnesota has. So from all aspects, it's going to have an impact. Tourism, yes, but also on the business side, Mark Wolf said. You know, have fun, good luck to you, but don't promise me this BS. Right. It's just it's just BS. I'm still waiting for my check from 1992. Yeah, we got nothing. Right. What was our check supposed to be there? I think it was like $367 per person. That's ringing a bell. Yeah. Bill. Hey, Joel. Hi. Um, I'm an old Catholic, uh, like you, just a few years younger than you. But I, And I just want to say I don't think that you should worry too much about being on the wrong side of this one with Pope Fran. He's also the same guy that said that uh, one of the worst inventions ever was air conditioning, probably for the same reason, because of what it put in the atmosphere. And he also said that capitalism is the worst economic system because it kills a lot of people, it's something the, like that. Well, it's the so, best. It hasn't, it hasn't killed anybody compared to Marxism. I, mean, I would say, Pope, let's look at Venezuela, mm-hmm. near your own home country. Mm-hmm. You think that capitalism is bad? Well, I think, so, he's, Ar- uh, I think he's Argentinian. I know it, but it's close by. Right. You just right, look at, look right. nearby your your home country at right. Venezuela, where it's just a total disaster for everybody. Yep, I that's, agree. Uh, so uh, right. I wouldn't worry about it, Joe. All right, I'm not going to. Thank you. Very good. Bye. I have been absolved by the callers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, you know what? It's like going to confession. Yeah, you got a clean slate. Bless me, Pope Francis. Yeah. I disagree. You with got. You. Let's go here. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Say, Garage Logic will be back shortly. But now, thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated, it's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal and Your Money Now. And Venezuela isn't really that close to Argentina anyway. That's eh, close. Eh, same, same continent. Same kind, of, same kind of deal. By the way, you were talking about the economic impact of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, the city of Orlando yesterday released numbers from WrestleMania this oh, year. Oh, yeah. They they say WrestleMania 33, which was in Orlando, brought in $181 million in economic impact to the area. So Not you sure can I believe you. balance that off with the Super Bowl, All I guess. Right. Commencing Garage Logic Segment Number 8. Here's John Hyde in the newsroom. Thank you, Joe. Cloudy and 32 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, and downtown Duluth. Uh, Minnesota Wild, they'll be playing tonight. They're at home against the Nashville uh, Nashville. Predators at the Excel Energy Center. The Gophers winning last night over Niagara. They're now 3-0 on the season. They'll play Western Carolina at Williams Arena Sunday afternoon. I thought they were playing the Wolves. The Wolves now 9-5 on the season with their first win over the San Antonio Spurs after a dozen straight losses to the Spurs. And uh, the Wolves, they're in action tomorrow evening. Uh, they will play the Mavericks in Dallas. News notes from today. A Watertown woman died from injuries she suffered after her boyfriend allegedly hit her with a vehicle Tuesday evening. That according to Carver County authorities who say that 33-year-old Jessica Suzanne Ludinia of Watertown died after being taken to a Waconia hospital. But really said her boyfriend, a 42-year-old Watertown man, has been booked into Carver County Jail on probable cause criminal vehicular operation charges. Chief Deputy Jason Camarud said the initial information was that she may have been in the vehicle. Deputies were called at about 6.41 p.m. on a report of an unresponsive female in the road. When they got there, Ludini was being loaded into an ambulance by paramedics. Sources who know the couple identified the boyfriend as Casey Hoskins. Authorities confirmed the 42-year-old Hoskins had been booked into Carver County Jail. 
Carver County Sheriff's Office is still trying to figure out if this is negligence or an intentional act. So they think she was in the vehicle and then fell out? To start with, yes. Oh, my God. I'm not sure how she ended up on the road. Shoppers in the Twin Cities expect to spend more this holiday season, according to a new survey. It's the University of St. Thomas's 16th Annual Holiday Shopping Survey. It finds Twin Cities holiday shoppers are planning to spend the highest amount yet in the survey's history. Researchers are predicting household holiday spending, $950. That's up 3.5% from last year. That research conducted by St. Thomas marketing professors Dr. Dave Brennan and Kim Reagan Sovell the annual survey is conducted in late October and early November and provides data on Twin Cities holiday shopping trends. Survey measures the intent of Twin City shoppers, how much they think they'll spend for holiday gifts, and where they'll spend it. In a bipartisan effort to craft gun control reforms in the wake of shooting events across the country, eight senators have introduced new gun legislation that enhances state compliance and accuracy of existing background check systems in place for firearms. It's called the Fix NICS Act. It was introduced today to ensure federal and state authorities comply with existing law and accurately report relevant criminal history records to the National Instant Criminal Background Check System. The U.S. Air Force had failed to submit the first Baptist church shooter's criminal history, his bad conduct discharge, to the FBI as required by Pentagon rules. That history should have barred him from buying any guns. The Air Force said it has launched a review of how the service handled those criminal records. The bill also penalizes federal agencies who fail to properly report relevant records and incentivizes states to improve their overall spending. It also reports more federal funding to the accurate reporting of domestic violence records. Conservation groups are decrying U.S. President Donald Trump's decision this week to allow trophy hunters who kill elephants in two African countries to bring home the endangered animal's tusks or other body parts as trophies. The move triggered protests from conservation groups and a frenzy on social media from opponents who posted pictures of Trump's sons, who are avid hunters, posing with the cut-off tail of a slain elephant and other dead wild animals on Twitter. It reverses a policy implemented by Barack Obama, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service disclosing it, at a meeting in Tanzania, organized by a pro-trophy hunting lobbying group that it would allow the import of trophies from Zimbabwe and Zambia through 2018. It said the two countries had developed robust conservation programs that would enhance the survival of African elephants, the world's largest land mammals. Hunting group Safari Club International, which sponsored the meeting in Africa, praised the decision. Experts now think a picture bought at a flea market for 10 bucks mm-hmm. shows Billy the Kid standing with a lawman who ultimately killed him, making the snapshot potentially worth millions of dollars. Really? Frank, and they found it at a rummage sale. Yeah, damn it. Yeah, I missed market. that one, huh? <laughs> you never know. Yeah, Frank, you, you do. Yeah, you know. Frank Abrams, a North Carolina attorney, first spotted the photo in Asheville at the flea market in 2011. Self-described history buff said the group picture of five men was part of a set and sat on his wall for a couple of years. He told the Associated Press it's now in a safe deposit box. After seeing a TV program in 2015 about the discovery of a different photo of Billy the Kid playing croquet, Abrams was inspired to research him further. That's what he thought he recognized Pat Garrett, Billy the Kid's former friend and the sheriff who eventually gunned him down. Abrams approached Robert Stahl, a retired professor emeritus at Arizona State University, who's no stranger to the history of Billy the Kid. In 2015, Stahl filed a petition in New Mexico Supreme Court in pursuit of a death certificate for the kid, also known as William Bonney, from the state's medical examiner. 
The kid and Garrett were close friends until Garrett became Lincoln County Sheriff. Garrett ended up fatally shooting the outlaw in Fort Sumner in July of 1881. The photo of the kid discovered in 2015 has since been estimated to be worth $5 million. Experts think a picture that shows the New Mexico outlaw with Garrett would be worth a lot more. However, Abrams said he's not interested in finding out how much it'd be worth anytime soon. He said, one day it may end up at an auction house somewhere. We'll see what happens right now. That's not the first thing on my mind. I've always been somebody interested in history and background. Not me. You'd sell it? I'd take the five mil. Yeah. You ever watch uh, antique road shows on PBS? All the time. And do you, do you go, when they say 25 grand, you go, sold. Yeah, I, I always put my hand down. Show me where the cash register is. Where do I? Here, here take it. Take right. it. Give me the money. Where do I sell this thing at? Yeah. Help me out here. An Australian diplomat. Oh, no, it will stay in our family as an heirloom. Yeah, they always. It's my, a rug or something. Yeah, my, Give me the, the happy, money. Yeah. The happiest part for me is when somebody really <laughs> thinks they have something, mm-hmm. and they're pretty arrogant, and they're yeah. like, yeah, that's about 75 cents and a <laughs> cup of coffee. That is. I got something I've always wanted to take on there. Yeah? I got a frog. That you can stick a hose under it and it will spit out water. I wonder if it's 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 what? old. It's very old. Hey, hey, you got the box? It's very old. No, no, box. I don't have the box. Damn, that's how you see it. I got a frog. I got a frog that spits water. Does you, it have markings on the bottom that you could maybe uh, you know, initials? They always look for the yeah. They always look for the markings, markings when yeah. they come through town next time. Well, get the I frog. think we should go down there and do that. Bring the frog. Yes, yep. they're probably going to charge you five bucks for wasting their time. Well, I no, don't care. no, no, no. Yeah, I got this frog. <laughs> is nice it like frog. a is it a sprinkler then? Yeah, like, do you put it in I front of the garden? It, I think it's more of a decorative spitter. Huh. You know, it just spits the water out. Okay. An Australian <laughs> diplomat. Yeah. I don't use it. It's a, it's in the it's on a shelf. It's in storage. It's in storage. Of? Yeah. Well, let me see if I can find it on here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I bet it's a like, hundred years old, if if not more. Really? Well, they made I'll frogs it, back it then. Would yeah. be worth something yeah. then. Hundred year old frog mm-hmm. spitter. An Australian diplomat who had angered a woman's husband and then sought to prove himself with a risky game of trust on a seventh floor terrace fell to his death, according to mm. police. The diplomat Julian Simpson and other people had gone on an apartment building roof to look at the Empire State Building lights early Wednesday, according to police. The building was lit in rainbow colors in recognition of a survey that found most Australians support marriage equality and ensured that lawmakers vote on a same-sex marriage bill this year. Police, yeah, pretty close. Pretty close. Found it? Found the frog? Pretty, pretty close. Pretty, pretty. The fact that you can find it that easily yeah. is probably not good news for you. Yeah. See those frogs over yeah. there? Yeah. Yep. Some good they spit in water? Okay. Where do I sign? Police sources say Simpson it's had an ugly frog. Had been out with a group of friends uh, who were drinking. Simpson swung a woman around and her husband became angry, according to police. The man then went on the seventh floor apartment terrace and Simpson offered to prove he was trustworthy by playing a trust game, going to a ledge and leaning back. Simpson grabbed... I got the elevator stomach. Yeah, me too. Mm. Simpson grabbed for the other man's hand but slipped and fell to a second floor landing. The 30-year-old Simpson was an official with the Australian United Nations Mission. Australia's Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade said it was helping Simpson's relatives, who at the time asked So he for did privacy. trust her. He trusted him. But That's it. It didn't, didn't work out. Uh, how many do you want, boys? Uh, we can get one right now on Amazon really? for 23 bucks. Yeah, but it's yeah, not but 100 no, years old. No, this is old. Well, the one that I just showed you, yeah. we can get it for thirty-eight fifty. Is that an old from one? From eBay. Yeah, the one I just showed you. Don't, don't clean it. Don't do anything. 
Hey, I know how it works. I know how it works. You know, you clean everything. No, I'm not going to clean this. <laughs> you plug the hose into the butt, and then it spits out the... No, underneath there's a round hole, and somehow it's supposed to be a garden ornament. I don't know. I yeah. never used it. It's I've never spit- used it. No, well, how did you get it? I got it from a grandmother. I just, it's been going with me all my life. Okay, was this the fancy one or the not the fancy not one? Not the fancy one. Uh. Usually what it looks like it's used for is if you have a pond yeah. in your it's backyard, water, it's, it'll spit the water out. You got a pool or a pond over there? I got a pool. Yeah. Pond, got a pool to be good. pond to be good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Dave Dahl. Well, Joe, we've risen up to the freezing point. We're up to 32 degrees, and we should continue to climb a little bit at least, get up to about 34, 35 this afternoon. And this moisture that's coming at us from the southwestern part of the state is very, very light. Light drizzle or light mist is expected by this evening. It could still be freezing mist if the temperature is staying right around that 32-degree mark. But at this point, it looks like roadways uh, may become a little bit wet during the evening rush hour. And then overnight tonight, some rain, drizzle, and mist seems quite likely throughout the night. The overnight low temperature only dropping down to about 32, so right where we're at now. And then 45 for the high tomorrow. And that persistent light rain and drizzle on and off throughout much of the day on Friday. Friday night could be mixed with a little light snow, and that continues with some flurries early Saturday as a stronger cold front moves through. Temperatures are going to drop from 28 in the morning on Saturday. Should drop into the mid-20s by the afternoon, and uh, wind chills will be in the low teens all day on Saturday. Sunday, a better day, 34, less wind, and then up to 46 on Monday with partly cloudy skies. Uh, next week looks pretty quiet as we head toward the holidays, so at this point, it doesn't look like anything that will really hamper any holiday travel plans uh, with no big storms in sight. Right now, it's 32, Joe, and I have the records for the day. And I can't believe it's already November 16th. It's amazing. Man. 68 on this date. 68. In 1953. In 1953. Two below zero. Two below. 1933. In 1933. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Here's today's ray of there we go. Now we're talking on a positive Thursday. Let's do it. I have two uh, rays of hope. Two rays of hope on positive Thursday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hail the flashlight king in light of your recent story about the teacher from an Oxford primary school facing disciplinary action for using the incorrect gender pronoun. I'd like to offer you the following ray of hope. We are Americans living in England and our youngest daughter, age four, attends British primary school. They spend at least half their day playing outside in all weather, on the playground, or in an area the children call the woodlands. Hmm. Last week, she came home and excitedly explained that they'd spent the afternoon gathering sticks and bits of wood. They built a bonfire together and roasted marshmallows. There is hope for our youth yet. Good luck in Cheerio, Leah, in Cambridgeshire. In Cambridgeshire. Cambridgeshire, yes. Cambridgeshire. Very fine place to roast toasted marshmallow. Cambridgeshire. <laughs> yes, sir, of course. Just north and west. <clears throat> I don't want to live in Japan, but, but I want to live in a country that would embrace Japan's. I thought the Germans were efficient. Mm-hmm. Get this. You ready? Yeah. Uh, Japanese trains are awesome for a number of reasons, not the least of which is how amazingly punctual they are. But on Tuesday, a train on the Tokyo area Metropolitan Intercity Railway Company's Tsukuba Express Line failed to stick to its timetable. 
The line connects Akihabara in Tokyo with Tsukuba in Ibaraki Prefecture. And on weekday mornings, there's supposed to be a northbound train that leaves Minami Nagayama Station ah, mm-hmm. at 9.44 a.m. Ah. However, Nandiska. Ah, on November 14th, the train instead left at 9.43.40, 20 seconds earlier than it's supposed to. Before the day was done, the Sukuba Express Management issued an official apology posted to the company's website. 20 seconds earlier? The statement reads, on November 14 at approximately 9.44 a.m., a northbound Metropolitan Intercity Railway Company main office in Tokyo uh station ran roughly 20 seconds earlier than the time indicated on the timetable. We deeply apologize for the severe inconvenience opposed upon our customers. But nothing, there wasn't a crash or anything as no, a result of no. the... No, it left 20 seconds early and apologized. You ain't getting that here. It's pretty much common knowledge among Japanese people that Japan's trains are far more precise and punctual than their overseas counterparts. Uh, so, who wrote this? Rocket News 24. Uh, so my co-worker, Sora News 24, Japanese language correspondent, Mr. Sato, asked me to, my take on this. I'm Japanese, and even I think it's excessive to make such a big deal out of a 20-second mistake, but as an American, how do you feel about it? At first, I agreed with him. I doubt most people would even notice a 20-second difference in all. Right. And with trains coming every four minutes on the Sakuba Express line in the morning, does it really make much of a difference? But then I thought about it a little more and realized that because Japanese trains are usually so punctual, some people plan their rail commute so that they arrive at the platform just as the cars are pulling up. Plenty of people even synchronize their watches Come with the on. clock at what? their local station. Nerds. It stands to reason then that at least a few people would miss a train if it left 20 seconds earlier than usual. And even if there's another coming in four minutes, adding four minutes to that leg of their commute might cause them to miss other transfers on the way to their destination with the effect snowballing enough that they end up being late for work or school. Boy. Wow. See, I wouldn't complain about it. I, I, but see, I'm neurotic. I'd, I'd be there before the 20 seconds. You wouldn't cut it that close. I would never cut <laughs> right, it that close. Right, right. <laughs> Four uh, four minutes times a few transfers could cause someone to be 15 minutes or so late. And while that's not a huge difference, it's still an inconvenience and a potential embarrassment for the people affected. And all because Metropolitan Intercity Railway Company did not deliver on its promise that the train would leave at 944, not 94340. Even if that's not the sort of mistake that absolutely demands an apology, there's nothing wrong and definitely something admirable about taking a moment to say sorry for any problems that the early departure may have caused. Can you imagine what the problems? trains are so punk what? The trains are so punctual that people counted on that not leaving in that 20 seconds. Are they walking around with their eyes closed? I don't and- know. So yeah, if someone from uh, at Metropolitan Intercity Railway Company got reamed out by his boss for a 20-second screw-up, I feel for him since I don't think it's worth getting that bent out of shape about. But at the same time, the fact that Japanese companies care so much about customer satisfaction consistently try to look at things from the end user's point of view and are willing to offer a sincere apology even for an understandable inconvenience is really one of the most beautiful parts of Japanese society and one of my favorite things about living here. Here's today's ray of hope. Can you imagine?
Well, now you know. It's so unknown to us that we can't even identify with this. And if you go over there, you'll at least know that, hey, now I always know they're going to be on time. Tim? Yes, hello, Joe. How are you today? Good. Go ahead, please, quickly. Uh, last Friday night, Minnetonka High School did a performance of On the Town, a 1940s performance. All right. And they had the whole audience. It was Veterans Day. Right. Stood up and recognized all of the vets. The whole audience stood up and, with the accompaniment of the pit, sang the national anthem. All people were standing and singing. It was a wonderful thing. Thank you. Don't you love the fact that we have listeners in Cambridgeshire? Yeah, it's a fine place to listen to broadcast on the wireless. In the woodlands. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I think we've got we've got listeners all over the world, buddy. All well, over the world. Uh, and, they can just, go to, and they can go to Podcast One and listen to us, too. PodcastOne.com. Also, they've got the Inside Garage Logic broadcast. Yep. That is the, the, the kind of like the backstory. Yeah, we're going to do another one Friday. Yep, that'll tomorrow. be episode number four. Definitely at 3 o'clock. Let's check it out. Definitely. Definitely at uh, 3 o'clock tomorrow. This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a PhD, Joe Suchere. Would you run into more turkeys? What do you mean? We said you've seen more wildlife than him. I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Patrick today. He's off to Wyomania. Uh, but I believe Tom Pellicero. The he was, nation's football voice. He was we, prepping in the room as I, as I walked by and greeted him. I believe he just flew into town, too. Yeah, he was... On some NFL assignment somewhere. So if you have uh, any football concerns, the nation's football voice will be joining us. Well, we got some. We're in the shadows of the Super Bowl. We got the Vikings are, what, seven and two? Wouldn't that be something to huh? play in the Super Bowl huh? in your own hometown? That's what I'm saying. I know First that's time what you're, ever. Is that what you're discussing? Well, not really. L.A. appeared at the Rose Bowl. I don't know. I know. I know. It's not the same. It's not the yeah. same. San Francisco played 1500 forever. ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 32.